We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We are back here at Gil's Crib. I'm your co-host, Josiah Johnson, and we are here with another edition of Heat Check, where we talk about the hottest topics going on around basketball. Let's let's hit on some some, some current topics, current events. Los Angeles Lakers. We sat on this very couch, I believe, when we were at the other crib, one of two spots. And uh, you pointed out that you weren't really rolling with Frank Vogel. Mm -hmm. It was an issue. You've seen the Lakers struggle now, sub 500. Had arguably the best win of the season against the Jazz. Two days later, getting Karis LeVert, who I, I should have known, but I didn't realize it was Gerald LeVert's nephew or whatever the family. <laughs> you know, I'm a big OJ's fan. Uh -huh. But, uh, you know, dropping 22 in the fourth quarter. Westbrook getting pulled for the final 352. Dipping from the arena, not talking to the press. Obviously, extremely frustrated. When you look at the Lakers squad now, is this Frank Vogel's fault? Because some would argue, no AD, right? He's been, he's been out for a minute. The squad is already under man. You're getting some guys that are coming back and, and figuring things out. Does, does Vogel deserve the blame, or does he need time to see this squad at actual full strength go out there and play and see what they can do? Well, when they were at full strength at the beginning of the season, what was he doing? Say, when he won the championship, I said it. I said, I, I give him, what, a C? I gave him a C at, C at best, right? Because you were supposed to win that championship. Like, there was no way you were going to lose that chance. You couldn't lose. So I'm judging you on how you actually played the game. You know, how did you play? You, play, you were playing against Miami. Like, let's just be honest here. Miami, Jimmy Butler, top 20 player that year. Top 20 player. Bam, maybe he breaks 50. Everyone else, not even in the 100. Right? They're not below 100. Well, if your matchup against those guys is guys who's not even in the 300s, then those guys have an advantage over you. So those two guards, you got Duncan and, you know, Hero as a freshman, as a rookie, they're outscoring you by like 30-something between those two against your guards. Someone has to make that up. That makes more pressure on LeBron and AD. So you drop two games to a team that you should have 4 0 by 20, 10 at the word. Like it was, so it was like your lineups are horrible. You do not know what matches. It's like what is it's like getting dressed in the dark. You know, that's how he pulls his lineup. So, and then there was one thing that I just despise that he did. And this goes for any coach in sports. Game six, he tells uh Dwight Howard that he will not be playing this game. As a player, just, just basketball, just sports knowledge, that was the dumbest thing you can possibly do. How do you tell a player that he's not going to play? How the f*** do you know that? The game dictates who you're going to play. See, you're already prejudging what you're going to do. That's the problem there. You're not watching the actual game in real time. You're playing the game on what you think is going to happen. It's, 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 it's chess, right? You can have your moves, but if he's not moving how you figured it out, you have to adjust to that. So the fact that you're telling the player that he's not going to play and the game doesn't dictate that yet, 
there's a problem with your co- your, your coaching staff. I mean, your coaching philosophy in the first place. So I had I had a problem with that because what ends up happening is that player won't go through his routine. He's not going to stretch properly. He's not going to warm up properly. Mentally, he's going to be out of it. And then if something happened in a game and you needed him, he mentally wasn't going to be there anyway. So it's just one of those things where as a coach, you should never, because you do not actually know what you're going to need until that game starts and that game is being played. So right there just lets me know that he's not in tune with his squad. He's not in tune with what's going on. Like, he needs to do some 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 real exercises with his his group. Do you think Vogel will be the Lakers coach? No, by the end of the season. No. How, how much longer? Your Palenka. He won't be here for tw- tw- the, the the following season. Now. So you think he's he's gone at least after this season? Okay. And just quickly, you mentioned you know that that conversation with Dwight uh, during the finals. But the question for you, as a, as a player, you know, you always talk, be a professional, be ready. But if a coach tells you some shit like that, are you mentally just going to shut it down? Or are you, you know, just guilt as you as a player? If I'm the coach, like, Gary, you probably not going to play tonight. How do you feel? Do you still I come mean, in I with mean, the approach? Or are you just I like, mean, you're going to, I mean, I mean, as a professional, in the professional world, you're going to be a professional. You yeah. know, it's a championship. You're happy for your team. Of course, you want to be there on the floor. But you're going to be a professional. High school, college, AAU, fuck off. <laughs> Let's just be honest. You know, you, most of those kids, they're going to walk off, go home. I ain't going to play you today. You know, it's just one of those things. But I think, I think Frank, what he needs to do is uh, do this. Every player on this team say, hey, write your name at the top. Tell me the four players that you would like to play with. Right. So now you take that list, you sit it down. Now you can see who, because a coach, a coach sees exactly how his vision looks. Not necessarily those guys actually go well together. So if I asked you, you know, who did you like playing well with? You know who you play well with. You know, just for some reason, we just match up great. That might not be the best player on the team or this person, but for some reason, when you guys play together, you guys are peanut butter and jelly. He should do that. Everyone right now, who they play? So now you can match it up. Okay, this is Mellows. Okay, Mello like playing with LeBron, AD, okay, Westbrook, and this person. Boom, boom, boom. And you just do that so you can see the combinations that you can actually have because you probably won't know it until you actually see it work out. Like, we were small, but me, Steve Blake, and Juan Dixon played well together. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't ideal for how, we, but offensively, defensive, we actually played well because we, we're going to press, we're going we're gonna to run fast motion, but that's not a lineup that you would think that would have been successful because it's three, it's three guards. But it, was, it, it worked well. Like, we were down 15 in games, and you put us three in, and we're pressing full court, we're just moving, you know, it's so you need to really actually sit down and do that exercise so you can see what the players see. You gotta remember, a coach is watching a game, a, a coach is watching a game like this, sideline to sideline. Players is up and down. So you you have two different visions. So no one's wrong. You're just your visions are different. So you need to see what the players see. Right? So the fact that you have Westbrook and then you have Bradley, dumb. That's a dumb lineup. What 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 is Bradley going to do besides be some atmosphere corner shooter? He's a corner shooter, defensive player. Like, how much defense do you need on your team if you have Dwight Howard and LeBron James? Like, how much more defense? Like, I don't want defense that can't score. Makes it harder for scores because they don't need to guard this man anymore. You know, maybe him and Monk play better together. Him and uh, Horton play be- better together. You need to, like with a Westbrook, you need another scorer. They need someone who can relieve the pressure so he's not trying to do it all himself. You know what I mean? So you got to learn how to, like, what actually matches up. So you mentioned Westbrook. And this is the thing, you know, I'm a LeBron guy. Lakers Nation, notorious for bullying players mm-hmm. to greatness. We saw with KCP in years past. Uh, Westbrook has kind of caught the ire of the entire Lakers fandom. Been a lot of debates. Twitter spaces have been really buzzing. You know, you got Russ, Russ's brother in there defending his honor. Russ after the Pacers game, after he dipped you know, pulled up on a Twitter space to just see what was going on and being said about him. When you look at this Lakers, you know, big three, this was a decision that was made, obviously, to bring in Westbrook. You got Westbrook, AD, LeBron. Is that big three sustainable? We got the trade deadline coming up. 
Do you envision them making a move or are they going to ride out with this squad for the rest of the season? You know, it's it's hard to make a move midseason and, and still be a champion. So if they do make this move, the chances of them winning, because then they, that group has to get, you know, it's, you know, this ain't the East Coast where, you know, LeBron can throw hat, the whole team when get a whole new team and still make it to the championship. Yeah. You know, this is the West. So you 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 need, you know, you know, you need continuity. So, you know, right now I just think that Vogel's paying attention to Google too much because that's what they said. Once you bench Russ in the fourth quarter and you actually tried the shit and it didn't work, it didn't work in your favor. Um so it's it's one of those things where you you put the be- stop worrying about the that's what I said they worry about the defensive side so much that they don't realize that the offensive side is you up too because if you don't have guys that can create how is LeBron getting to the basket it's harder thirty seven it's harder for him. If everyone's sagging the lane, how's Russell getting to the bat? So he has to take more jumper. So you're making it hard. You need scoring. It makes it easier. Like Westbrook had, look, think about the shooters he's had. KD's here. Oh shit, we can't leave KD. We got Bill. Can't leave Bill. We got James Hardy. So you you see what he's needing. Like so you need players that actually Thor, I mean Horton and Mello. With Westbrook, that helps him out a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, that that helps him out a, a bunch. But you, you got dead, you got you got dead players on the court. You got you got players who can't put the ball in the basket. So you're playing you're playing three on five. You're scoring 104 points. That's your problem. A hundred and four in an era where offense is running down your throat. So they obviously you see it's the Pacers. They're, they don't give a shit about defending you. You're defending yourself because you got two players who's not going to shoot the ball. That's, you're defending yourself. <laughs> Shit. I'm not adjusting to your lineup. You're just, I'm just going to put out whoever I want, and we're just going to try to outscore you. That's what it is. We're going to just outscore you guys. 32 points in the first period. 24, 22, 20, like, that's... Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's been like that all season. And it, it, it's, you know, first half, pumping their chest. 10, 15-point leads, but, you know, now just watching those games, you know it's just not going to last. You know, third quarter is going to start to dwindle. Then by fourth quarter, it's going to be other squad taking the lead, and we've seen that that so often. Like, so you- there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no place, I'm sorry, like, in today's game, there's no place where Bradley and Ariza should be on the court at the same time. They Because you got you to gotta think – Ariza is there for defense and making great plays. Not necessarily he's going to shoot three or four shots. Bradley, defense, going to shoot about three or four shots. So there's going to be games where these two are both going to have zero, and they're going to be playing 15 to 30 minutes. That's Someone has to make up that them, them points. Someone has someone has to make up the. They shouldn't be on the court at the same time. You need more often. You don't need. He's the defender at the one. Then you got Ariza. Then you got LeBron defender. Then you got Dwight Howard. Because I mean, it's not like they're passing the ball to Dwight Howard. So now you're playing two on five. <laughs> you know, and that's that's the real problem. So AD should be coming back soon. Obviously, squad sub five hundred as the taping of this episode. Can they write that ship? And if so, what's their ceiling? You know, we're talking first, second round in the playoffs, or would they should be happy just get the play? It, it, it all depends. If 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 they think like bringing AD back is going to save them with, and they still going to be putting those same lineups out, then I, I don't see how they make the playoffs, let alone East, the Western Conference Finals. Oof, and I, you know. It's, it is what it is. You sound like Clipper, Clipper fans over here, right? Oof. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Let's keep this thing moving to my favorite segment. What's eating Gilbert Arenas? What's, what's bothering you now when you're looking around the league that's just like, you know what, this is some bullshit? Oh, shit. Right now, refereeing. Re- referee, uh, like, I don't, I really don't understand why they feel the need to call technicals when shit has nothing to do with them. It, were, it reminds me of police. They remind me of police, right? It's a one-sided thing. If something happens to me on a court and I get frustrated, I yell at you. You get frustrated and give me a tech. How does your frustration get to work but mine don't? Like, you, you missed the call. So that's strike one on you, and then I get mad at you, and then you say you and give me a tech. Now I like it's it's too much power for no reason. Like that power shouldn't like there there should be this rule. Like unless they're going at you directly, then you can give them a tech. If they're talking amongst each other, talking trash, that has nothing to do with you. What what is the purpose? Like Westbrook makes the dunk, starts talking trash. Why are you giving him a tech? Did he do? What did he what, what did he do? The play is dead. He's talking trash to Rudy. Go- Who cares? How does that affect the no. game? How did that? What did the game change? You called the foul. He's embarrassed. Like it's going to be shown on replay. We're all going to see it. Why do you need you need to jump in here and show like, yeah, hey, right over here. Tag, yeah. Like for what? What is the point? Like, like I don't I never understand that. Like, yo, why are you like I used to say, why are you in a what? Let me and this man do what we're talking about. <laughs> and, and, until we throw blows or something, just, yo, stay. Refer, referee the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you over here taking money out of our part. We, we doing what we do. We're competitors. We're talking trash. We do what we do, trying to get in each other's head. Why are you intervening with technicals? It has nothing to do with you. It's not slowing the game up. It's not doing it. Let us do us. You call a tech. When we, like, hang on the rim or some shit or, uh, like, cuss at you or something, whatever. Yeah. But let let... Let, let us men be men. And that's the thing that's irritating me right now. Like they're just giving texts for no reason. Like, did you what did you say to him? What did you? Oh. I think we as fans too don't really understand. We've talked about this on previous shows, but them texts come with a, a bag. Like you're giving up a bag for those texts, right? You're paying a fine. And that's a shitload of money. Like, I don't care how much money yeah, you make it's in life. Not, it's not even it's 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 not about the it's really not about the money. They're just what like what is the purpose of it? Like like if you two are talking trash, you just dunked on me, you just scoring. Why like why why am I just randomly just hey 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 oh tech tech like there's nothing there's no reason for that. Like yo yeah y'all calm down, y'all acting like some little girls. Like there's you don't need a tech. You don't need a tech for no reason. Like just said, they're just teching for no reason. Like if, if Westbrook dunks on uh, Gobert like that, he should have about twenty five good seconds where he can say whatever he wants. Whatever. whatever he wants. 25, give him a 24-second shot clock, talk whatever shit you want to get off the chest. That's it. There has to be some alternate. There, there needs to be something because that technical, a taunting technical, like there's technicals. There's, there, it's like they're all bunched into this aggression. Like if I'm dunking and I hang on the rim, that technical, if, that, if that's my second technical, you, I get kicked out of the game? Yeah. That, that's that's not fair. <laughs> like like the, there's this the, there's these groups of technicals that just makes no sense. 
It just makes no sense. I'm hanging on the rim, violation. Like it's a, it should be something. It should just be a violation. It can't be a tech. Delay a game. Delay a delay a game warning. No tech. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be part of that group. That makes sense. Like it should be like a aggre- aggression tech. I fouled you hard. Hook technical one. All right, cool. And then I dunk. Hang on the rim. Technical two. You're out of the game. That don't make no sense. So you know, to your point, Wednesday night, Jimmy Butler gets gets the double T. Boom, boom, sent to the crib. Crew Chief was interviewed after the game, uh, you know, was, was asked by a reporter, uh, was it Butler's words or aggression that caused the first technical foul? Uh, Crew Chief said it was both. The aggressive manner in which he approached the ref and the profanity that he yelled at him resulted in the first technical foul. There was a follow-up. What was the reasoning for the second technical foul? Uh, Crew Chief explained the second one was the fact that he yelled egregious profanity, and that's why he was given the second technical foul. Uh, one more follow-up. Why the immediacy of the second technical foul? You've just gotten the first technical foul. Mm-hmm. You should be able to have a little cool-off period from that first tech, right? Yes. At least about 17, 18 seconds. Mm-hmm. He said, the ref responded, because of the egregiousness of the profanity yell. And that's the problem. Like that, that, this, is a, this is a sports. This is a sports. If a player felt he got hit and you didn't call it, you got to remember, there's still three refs on the court. It's not necessarily you, but you're the closest one. So he's letting off his frustration. That, that right there is actually normal behavior. It's part of the game. Emotions is part of the game. Heated moments is part of the game. What you're doing isn't actually part of the game. You're like, oh, my God, I don't like it that you're yelling at me. <laughs> Tech. What? What? Tech again, and that's the it's too much power. You know what I mean? And they're using it, and that's 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 the issue. Like, because he cussed at you? Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So I think what you're saying is refs gotta stop acting so light-skinned. Dude. I think that's what ba- basically it's 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 one of these things. You're telling us that we're playing this, we're playing a a sport where emotions are high. We don't supposed to have emotion. You guys are not even actually. All you got to do is see and call shit. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Run up and down and call shit that you actually see. You know, if it's a travel, hand checking, whatever, whatever it is you're supposed to see. You shouldn't have no emotional investment in this. Right? If I saw a five day prick, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah. Keep it moving. I'm going to keep it moving because you're going to mess up something else or he's going to mess up something else. So I'm going to go at somebody. That's part of this game. So the fact that you mentally try to throw out how much power you have. Keep talking. Watch. I'm going to give you a tech. And then and I'm like, man, I'm going to give you a tech. Here, give me a tech for that. Right? Like, you know, um, Tim Duncan, when he's clapping on and yeah. laughing on the sideline, you like, why are you going out of your way to do stuff like that? You, you should be focused between these lines. Like, it'd be great if publicly referees, like, we know they got fined. We know the player's getting fined. Yeah, that's all you should know, hey, referee, blah, 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 has gotten fined, uh, has been suspended for two games, like, because of, you know, his actions. You do it to us, do it to them so we can see. I think each team should get one tech that they can give an official, and if that same official gets a tech from each team, then he gets, he gets booted. You gotta like, replace okay, him so, him. like, um... The play with Washington, where the coach, one of the assistant coaches, hit the ball. That ref, tech, tech, one tech for you, my man. How you missed that? One tech, one missing shit. Tech, like you know, it should be, it should be, it should be because the fact that the only reason that we're actually talking to you or yelling at you is because you missed something. So you missed something, so you're already in the fault in a sense. So take the heat. It's okay. It it goes over. Like the and one, I felt I got fouled. You didn't give me the foul. I'm I'm eventually I'm gonna run down the, the court unless I'm you know pulling my Chris Paul and you know I'm I'm trying to get the tech. Yeah. But other than that, you just keep it moving. Like go. <laughs> you can sit here and talk to me all you want. Four and five over there. <laughs> it's four and five, Chris. But it's four and five. Goddamn it, you can do it. I'm not giving you no technical. That's real shit. All right. So now let's 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 head over to the bay. Clay Thompson, you know, made his comeback after 941 days, whatever it was. 
you know, really didn't look like he missed a beat, playing on a lot of adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Warriors, been out without Draymond for a little bit, been struggling a little bit, still second in the West. I think, you know, the thing that people don't really talk about, you have these little kind of spurts during the season where you may struggle, but you've given yourself so much leeway with how amazing you play leading up to that. You can have a little fall off. Obviously, you don't want the thing to continue, but when you look at Clay, Clay's averaging, what, 15 points a game in 21 minutes, shooting 36% from three. Are the Splash Brothers as still as dominant as ever? I mean, you can't say they're as dominant, okay, as Splash Brothers. Steph, but Steph is... Yeah, 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 that's you know. what I'm saying. As Splash Brothers, they're not dominant yet. Steph is dominant. You know, Steph is doing what Steph does. He's gotten better, smarter. Why is, I mean, he's playing MVP basketball. You know, right now, he's just waiting for Clay to get back to Clay's form, and then the Splash Brothers are back. Um, and like you can see right now that you know Curry's dying, uh, dialing it down a little bit to get Clay involved, um, but it's only a matter of time. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And then from there, then you, you, you will see that those splashies is back. So if this squad can stay healthy, you know, or, or everybody's going to deal with some injuries throughout the season, but stay as healthy as possible going into the postseason, can anybody get with them? Because I don't, I don't see it right now, and you know me, I, I don't really for Warriors like that, but you got to give it up to this team. This team plays hard. You know, guys like Jordan Poole, some of the younger guys are really taking on the characteristics of a guy like Steph, who, who's really kind of came to that leadership role. Who can work with them in the postseason? You know, po you got to remember, postseason is different than regular season. Yeah. Um, postseason, you know, you're going to need your bench players a lot more. So it all depends on, you know, who can really come off that bench and give them the spark that Barbosa, um, uh, uh, Livingston, you know, Equal Dollar did, uh, uh, Harrison Barnes, like those guys who can really come in that second unit and, and push the envelope also. So um, that's going to be the key. Um, because what people don't realize in playoffs, you kind of lose a little bit of clay. And you lose him because he plays so hard on defense trying to shut down the, the the best player on the other team that it, he loses his legs for offense. So, you know, his numbers aren't going to jump. Like, usually, you know, like if you average 21, you know, in the playoffs, you're going to average like 26, 27, which gets you over. You know, if he's averaging 21, it's going to be 21 with a, you know, with a worse shooting percentage, or you're going to be in that 20 to 19 area. Um, Depending on it, it all depends on the matchups that he has to guard. You know, if you don't, you know, you don't want him to go. You know, you got Booker one game, <laughs> then uh, Mitchell the next one, then you got uh, who else is in the West? And then, then you got to go get Luca. Yeah. Like you, you know, it's it. He he. There's <laughs> a lot of dudes giving out buckets that he's gonna have yeah, to and, just and, accept. And, and, and you know, so so he has to try to neutralize those stars while trying to be a star, you know. But he puts so much emphasis on defense when he's in the playoffs that he kind of loses his legs a little bit. So you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta take in, you know, that into factor too. You know, when you're jumping into the playoffs. So Draymond Green, you know, undisputed heart and soul of that squad. You know, they have wise men who still, you know, haven't played this season. You know, looking looking to do some things. Do you see a world where they try to make a move for somebody like Ben Simmons? There's been some talk uh, to this point. Sixers Daryl Morey have been super super hesitant to pull the trigger. It's kind of just a, a pissing contest. 
you know, the water's cold and it's deep too. Uh-huh. You know, to see who who's going who's going who's going to budge first. And just looking at Ben, at what point does it become detrimental? Or are we past that point? Because now, you know, the expectation he'll be able to come contribute this season. It's going to take him at least four to six weeks to get some semblance of conditioning. Is he a difference maker on the squad, or do you even see a, a move like that happening? No, I mean, you know, it all depends on if he's working out in training. You know what I mean? You know, we, we see Kyrie miss, miss majority of the season, came back, and it's like he, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair. So it's not like Ben's injured. So And what Ben is good at, defense, getting everybody the ball, um, and rebounding, he doesn't really lose. He doesn't really, it ain't going to take him much to get those three categories going in. You know, offense, ability of shooting. I mean, that's what people are complaining about anyway. So wherever he goes, he's going to contribute. He's going to contribute on the defensive top, the, the, the side, the rebounding, and, you know, getting his other players involved. Um, it's, now it's just chess between, you know, every other team. You know, who's going to, who's going to throw out enough bait that they don't tear their team apart where when Ben comes, it takes them over the top. Yeah. And if I'm any team out there, West or East, that's what I'm going. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to add this piece without breaking up. You know, like before, you know, it was like, all right, I'll give you a star for him. Now it's like, ooh, I can keep my star and then get him. You done, you done added five, six more years to this team. You know, versus I get Ben, I give you my star, and now I got to go find pieces in the draft. And, you know, now, no. you know, waste Ben's time for five years, and you done waste that person. I can just add him, and then he add five more years to this, this roster. So, you know, with, if Golden State adds him, you know, it depends on who they have to give up. You know, if you, you don't have to give up Draymond, Clay, and Curry, shh. <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of the fear of every other Western Conference team because they've got pieces. Obviously, Bob Myers, savvy negotiator, former UCLA Bruin. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely something to worry about because that squad is already championship level without that. And this, not to say it's comparable to adding a KD to the squad, but it, it, it elevates that team to a level where nobody's really going to be able to work with them, I don't think, in my opinion. See, the problem is Philly has this idea of winning the championship. So if they're getting rid of a star, they want a star to plug in. Yeah. You're not going to want to plug in young guys and you still got them be there because you give back young guys that can't contribute right now while Embiid's there, then you're going to have to get rid of Embiid in two years because he's not going to be happy. He's not going to be happy like almost making it to the championship and possibly winning to now we we sitting here six, eight in the, in the East while I'm still young, I want to go get a chance to try to win. So he's going to be knocking on, you know, I might want to be traded and, and, and stuff like that. So I can see why they don't want to hold on. But at this point, it, there's no win. There's, I, don't, I don't see how there's a win for him because they know that everyone knows you have to get rid of him. Obviously, we know he's not going to budge. He's not going to go in there and play. He's not going to play another game for you to try to make you better. He's not going to try to win a game for you. So the fact that you got to get rid of him, you know, we don't have to really offer you much. So I don't really see anybody just coming out the gates offering their star up. So Pistons offered a package with Jeremy Grant and a reasonable crew. Daryl Morey was having none of it, allegedly, according to reports. What's it going to take? And I, like I said, at this point, it feels like a stalemate. And are they really willing to sacrifice an entire year of Ben Simmons to prove a point uh, for no reason? Because to your point, they're not going to win a championship without him. And they're not going to win a championship unless they get some pieces that can help mm-hmm. replace the value that he adds to the squad. So at what point, if you know you're a Sixers fan at the crib, like, yo, dog, do something. Like, <laughs> you're playing this game. And, and that's what I said. But that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're... You want you it, it, because it is negotiating. You want to really go into negotiating with a strong presence. Like so, if I'm him, you know, Maury, I'm gonna be turning down. I'm I'm gonna turn it down to make it seem like yo, we we good over here. You know, we until someone says, well, we'll, we'll give you this, and it's like, you know, I think about it. Yes, 
yes. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those. It's one of yes. You know, you you over here, you throw me like Westbrook and like. Oh, uh, are you taking this? Or in, you know, I might. Okay, what they really need is a shooting guard. A shooting guard. Curry is fine at the point guard position because he doesn't actually have to be traditional when you have somebody like Embiid. You don't, ha- you don't need him running the office and trying to get everybody involved. Do what you do best. We have Embiid. We have Tobias. Our shooting guard is, is plant food. He just does nothing. Like There was a game where he, he, was, he played to a 25 minutes, had all zeros. Like I don't, I don't need that from that position. That I don't need that from that position. I don't need that type of defense. Like I need a, give me, you know, a a shooting guard who can give me sixteen to twenty guaranteed. That's I, I like that trade. Right, well, let's take it out west. Memphis Grizzlies, mm-hmm. surprise of the league this season. Maybe not surprising to some, you know, in the Memphis area mm-hmm. and surrounding <laughs> parts of Tennessee. <laughs> but for the rest of the, the country and the world. Definitely surprised. Ja really has ascended to that level, which, you know, he's battled some injuries throughout his career. People knew he could get to that level, but this squad, third in the West right now, 31 and 16 as of this taping. You know, when you look at Ja, where do you rank him right now amongst the top players in the NBA? Top five, top 10? Does he deserve that MVP love? You know, when you see Ja, what do you see? He reminds me of Derrick Rose MVP year. Wow. You know what I mean? Averaging about 24, 25 points. But it's the spectacular plays at the, spec- at the right time. Um, it just reminds me of when Derek was in that mode. Because it's not like Derek was averaging 30. You know, 28, they're 25, 24. But the team was so solid together that it just, it just made Derek just look amazing. Because everybody moved to his beat. And that's where the Grizzlies are right now. So if you're a team in the West, you know, if you're the Warriors, Suns, you know, Jazz, you got to face the Grizzlies in the playoffs. Are you nervous? Or how are you looking at the squad? Because are you looking at the same way? I feel like you see the Jazz always at the top of the league, top of the West. But nobody's really nervous playing them in a, in a playoff series. It's kind of like we're, we're looking for that matchup. No, you know, no offense to them, but that's just kind of what it is. When you look at this Grizzly squad, should they be taken seriously, or or is that a squad that's like, oh, we we'll, we'll lose a game or two if we can we can end up facing the Grizzlies in the playoffs? You know, it's one of those where, you know, you want to face them because they're young, you know, they're inexperienced, and that's where the playoffs, that's where a veteran team can can really take advantage of that matchup. Um, you know, it'd, it'd be hard to win in, you know, over there because it's grind city, you know, you know, they're going to play hard at home, but you know, it's, you know, the playoffs is a whole different game. It's, it's, it's half court. Um, you, 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 they, they have a good team though. They have a good solid team. So, you know, they just don't want a wrong matchup. Like, you know, it's like, you don't want to play like, you don't want to play Utah. I mean, you don't want to play like grit, um, Denver in the playoffs, if they're six and you're Grizzlies, you don't want you don't you don't want to go against Jokic first round. You know what I mean? So it's like it all depends on matchups in the playoffs. So when you look at that squad, you know, obviously performing amazing with Ja, but even without Ja, eleven and two. Mm-hmm. So does that hurt Ja's MVP claim, saying that well, shit, this team is good without you? Too, no, too? because it didn't hurt Derrick Rose's team, okay. and they made it to the playoffs the year Derrick Rose wasn't. There because it was a great thing. I remember to win an MVP. Like people don't understand that to win an MVP, you have to have a good team. Like if you're one or two, your team is good too. Like it's not like you're not you're not by yourself averaging 35 points. They're not going to give it to you. They're not going to give it to the guy who has to play the hardest. They're going to give it to the guy who's has the best team, best supporting cast, and he's the best player. You know, and that's just like that's what's going to get you one, two, or three. You're going to have to have a great team, great nucleus. They, like you guys are playing great basketball, and you're the best player on that team. So, question for you: Starting a franchise, you need a point guard that's going to carry you for the next five years. You got Ja, got Luca, you got Lamelo. Of those Ooh. three players, who are you picking 
to run that franchise for the next five? Luca. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the big guard because he's he offset a lot of positions because he can play the one, two, and the three. Um, uh, I mean, he's just a mismatch no matter where you put him at. So I'll I'll, I'll I'm gonna go with the Luca. I think Luca's obviously so far yeah. shown that he's above those guys. I'm a Lamelo guy, you know. I'm yeah. a big baller brand through and through. So when you look at Lamelo. And he's had a squad. If he's on a squad like the Mavs, you got a squad like the Grizzlies. I, and no knock to the Hornets, but you think he's performing at an equal level, or is it just you know one of those situations where Luca's far and away better than him? Like it reminds me of like, like, um, like how J. I mean, Lamelo is more like the Jason Kidd type, flashy, looking to pass. I mean, he can shoot, you know, shoot a lot better, can score a lot better. Um, but when you give him other good players. You gotta remember, he has no one right now. Like Bridges and all. Yeah, they're good because he can get them the ball. But what happens when you can put him around players who can go get it themselves also? Now he becomes harder to guard. And the his because his IQ is high, that his his game just jumps. Like he will go from, you know, like, okay, to MVP candidate, because he's He's playing at that level. It's like when um, Nash went to the Suns, and you got Amari, you got you know uh, uh, Sean Marion over there. You got boom, just like oh, you got other players who can do this, and he just shoots up to another level. Speaking of the MVP race, our good friends at uh, Fubo Sportsbook released their MVP odds. We got the top three right now: Steph at plus one seventy-five, Giannis at plus three twenty, and Jokic at plus five hundred. So when you look at this MVP, are you going with Curry or are you playing the field? I'm going to play the field. I'm going to play the field on this one, and I think I'm going to take DeMar DeRozan. Ooh. I, I know they just lost LaMelo, but... Alonzo. Uh, Alonzo. Uh, I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> Lonzo, we rock uh, with the balls around here. Yeah, uh, they, uh, the, they lost ball for four, four to six weeks. Uh, the way he's been playing, I mean, I don't know how many game winners he's hit this year alone, but he's done put himself in a whole nother category. And if they can stay in that one, two, I don't know how he doesn't win MVP. And that's funny. We had tomorrow on this show before the season started and, you know, he, he had the option to potentially go to the Lakers, mm-hmm. which he thought he was going to be doing. They didn't pull the trigger. He ends up Chicago, had his choice. And he told us then that this squad was going to be something to deal with. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. people tell you shit. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is L.A. You, you hear shit and it's like, okay, sure. We're not really tripping on you, Lakers Nation, whatever. But to see what he's been able to do with this squad and really kind of bring the mid-range game back, because mm-hmm. that was another thing we hit him on, you know, why you don't shoot as many threes as other guys in the league. I mean, I can if I feel like it. I like my mid-range better. I have more, more faith and confidence in that. Mm-hmm. But to see what he's doing has been tremendous. So you think that this Bulls squad can sustain without Zoe for that period and – how far do you think they can go? Yeah, you know, you know, Chicago's always been like a grinded city. Um, those, those, those guys have been playing well. You know, you added, you know, you added another grinder in Caruso, and then you add a gamer in Demar. You know, a guy who's you know carried franchises. You know, um, he should have a championship if LeBron wasn't in the East. You know what I mean? Like the um, when LeBron leaves, Toronto wins. You know. <laughs> if he was there, Toronto still win. You, you think know? so? Yeah. Like, Demar said a Kawhi Raptors. Yeah, you still, still win. You still you, you win it because they were dominant team. You got to remember they were number one, two, damn near every year. And LeBron is the one that that kept taking them out. So, um, you have a guy who's carried city. So you put him in, you know, a, a city where we need we need you to be who you are. And and he's showing he's showing who he is. He's showing what he can still do. And um, you know, I I would put my money on you know. He pulls it out. So just so you know, DeMar currently plus 2,700. So y'all want to get that great value bet? Throw five, throw 10, throw 100 if you're big balling. <laughs> just see what happens. But so to continue in that, when you look at the, the – we mentioned those three candidates, but is there anybody else who you feel like is a dark horse to really come through and snatch that thing up? Obviously, we're about to hit the all-star break. We'll have the second half of the season where guys really show us what. Is there someone in your mind that – It's, it's kind of weird that um, – 
the, the, you have DeMar in the East, number one, that he's plus 2,700. And then you have Suns in the West that their two players are somewhere in the, <laughs> in the midst of the darkness. Yeah, so plus 5,000 to 6,000 on those, you know, Paul and, and, and uh, Booker. And they're number one in the, you know, it's, it's kind of it's kind of really you know hard, but you know with Steph, you know, doing what he's doing, and once Clay gets his full stride, they're gonna go on runs where they won 15 games in a row, 16 games in a row, and that's just gonna just take you know Curry to that next that that next jump. Like hello, yeah. So something you always talk about, you can't look at team achievement when looking at player achievement, right? Mm-hmm. So you got LeBron James right now playing out of his mind. And we're not going to use the age as an excuse, although you're 19, 37 years old. I don't think anybody had the expectation that he'd be doing the things he was doing. The 30-point game streak was turned into a 25-plus point game streak. Just, you know, over 30 a night in what he's doing most recently. Is LeBron a guy that should get some serious, you know, discussion in that MVP debate? Or is it a situation where the media, the people that are voting for this award, hey, we're tired of seeing LeBron here? Yeah, okay, so... And this is why media voting should be removed. Did you see the story about um, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. And that, and the guy, I, I just don't like him yeah. because of you know the coronavirus thing. That that is who's voting. They already have their mind made up. They they have a personal agenda on certain things. You can't have these people actually voting. Like if. This person get, don't want to give you an interview. He ain't getting your vote. Like, those shits add up, you know? So the fact that they have voting power sucks because they're not looking at it how it should be looked at. An MVP is the most valuable player. Not the best player on the best team. It's the most valuable. So if you take him off the team, how does that team survive? Right. That's so when you have someone who's carrying, that means if he doesn't average 34 or 35 a game, 28, 29, if he doesn't average that, they're not going to be where they are. You know, if, if I can if I can, you know, average 22 points and this person averaged 22 points, you average 21 points and, you know, I'm sitting at the fourth quarter. Am I really like? Am I really going to hunt it every game? No, I don't have to. I got other players with me that's gonna take that load off. So how is that really the MVP? If this guy he has to compete a thousand percent just to have a chance to beat us. And I think when you look at Steph last year, that argument can be made because yes, Steph had the back injury. Mm-hmm. You know that squad was hot boo boo. Yeah. Just to be real. <laughs> yes. Steph comes back. It's a little different this year now. Squad's more fortified, getting Clay back, getting guys a year older. And that's my thing with LeBron. Like, you can look at this Lakers squad, but if LeBron's not playing right now. They're, 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 that's what I said. Like, you know, if players voted, LeBron would be in the top three. And why do you think the league doesn't allow that? Because I, I share the same. I've always had that opinion. Media, A lot of great media members. But I got to see you make a left-hand layup. I got to see you make a suicide for time. I got to see you do simple things that players have to deal with to be able to understand that mentality. A lot of former players in media, some who get to, to, to cast votes. But why not ask guys who actually, because your opinion of a guy playing is going to be completely different than somebody who's in the media. And also, let's keep it real. If I'm a beat reporter for the Lakers, I'm not watching. I'm going to see these other teams when the Lakers play them, but I'm going to see that version of the squad. I'm not going to sit here and watch every Blazers game or watch because, every... Because they're stat looking. They're stat looking. They're looking at the stats. They're looking at the record. They're looking at plus minus. They're looking at everything that has nothing to do with basketball, right? You know, that has nothing to do, it has nothing to do with the game itself and how the game is being played. So, you know, there's years where, you know, you know, you know, no knock on Steph, but he's playing literally three quarters of basketball. That's how good that team was. Like <laughs> they're playing three quarters. Like he's whooping everyone. They're whooping everyone's, you know, but by the, the end of the third, he don't have to play the fourth. Probably like 40 of those games, right? 
in reality, who's who's really like who's really playing at an MVP level? You know what I mean? Who's really like they they, they he has to go wild and his team sucks so bad he has to average a triple double. He has to average like no one ever has to go there. Wait, why is he averaging thirty five? Because it's that's how bad his team is. <laughs> his team is that bad where he is forced to average thirty five. That is an MVP because. He's still keeping that boat alive. He he has to be the captain. He has to run back there, be the rear guy. The, there's holes in it. He has to go down to the deck, patch the holes up. He has to do everything just to stay above water. That is what an MVP is. MVP is not this four Bugattis and we're going 85 miles an hour. You know what I mean? Because, you know, hey, you take some of it, I take some of it. You take a little bit of it. You take... I don't have to rough my engine. I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to burn my wheels out. I ain't wasting no gas. <laughs> you got to get gas. You got to fill up. You know what I mean? It's one, of, it's one of those things. Like, so media don't know that because they're not training. You know how, like, think about when, you know, you're going into your team sorry. Think about your work ethic that, that summer. Like, yo, I got I to gotta do all this. So I got to... I usually run two miles a day. Now I got to run five miles a day because we just lost this player. Now I got to make up that. You know, you, you like it goes. There's thought into this shit. Like we don't like we don't we don't we go into the summer like yo damn I, we didn't sign we didn't sign nobody. Oh man, I got to go in double time now because I'm gonna have to carry this until at least All Star break and we get somebody. Like we really think like that. So the fact that you're saying, damn, yeah, you ever 35 pass the ball? Like I would, I would actually pass the ball if somebody was gonna catch that shit. Well, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> Another edition of Heat Check. We appreciate y'all rocking with us. We'll be back very soon with more to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. And Kwame's ass. <laughs> I just had to wait. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done